Hello, my name's Pete Morgan, and this is the Poppy Podcast. Hello, 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 is it me? All right, no need for that. Uh, welcome, my name is Pete Morgan. This is the Puppy Podcast. Uh, it, it's a, a bizarre conversation uh, between you and me as my family. Welcome, not just a puppy, but a second dog into our lives. And we talk about the pleasures, the perils and the problems of puppy ownership. Uh, the two dogs we have are Lincoln, who is now four years old, proper grown up, and Elvis, who is five months. And they are both Labradors. Welcome all of you, all puppy owners, dog owners, anything that you are. If you are here, then you are interested in what we're talking about. And it really means a lot to know that you are listening and you've bothered to either click on the link or subscribe on iTunes. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, how's your week been? How are your dogs and puppies? Are they all well? Are they all in good health? We're going to be talking about health uh, in uh, a short while. Uh, we're going to be <laughs> talking about Elvis's health. Yes. And uh, is it's been a really trying week this week. Just inc- I will give you details later and let me just warn you, it's not for those of a sensitive nature. It it's been it's been trying this week. I've been so close to putting the dog on eBay uh, <laughs> or just taking him to a wood and let it. I mean, of course, I wouldn't do. Of course, I wouldn't do any of those things. But it's been very trying. We'll get into it soon. First of all, of course, as we always do, we start with dog news. Dog news. Dog news. And this is uh, the lovely story of Joel Wilkinson um, from Hull. This is from the Hull Daily Mail. Uh, this is Joel Wilkinson, five years old. Joel has had a bit of it. It's, to be fair, he's had a bit of a tough start in life, Joel. Suffers from muscular dystrophy, uh, so that impairs his walking and his movement. Uh, and um, there's been a big push uh, where Joel lives to raise money to make improvements to the home. They've done that. £60,000 worth of improvements to the home, which is good. Because, of course, in America, you would have just got a few years ago, you wouldn't have just raised money and done renovations. You'd have just got Extreme Makeover Home Edition. You'd just, just got Ty Pennington to come in and shout everything down. Uh, but aside from uh, the, the home renovations that have been done to make Joel's life a little bit easier, they've also got a puppy. Uh, this is 11-month-old uh, Golden Labrador Pluto. Uh, he's in the process of being trained to help Joel. He's not just there, you know, for kind of wallpaper. He's there to help Joel with the tasks that he struggles to do, like picking up his toys and taking notes to his mum and dad if he needs help in the middle of the night. And it's his mum that's training them. She uh, used, uh, learnt dog training skills several years ago because of the, the difficulty of getting an assistant dog that's already qualified. So she's, do- so yeah, they posted it. There's a few pictures and I, I tell you now, this dog looks a bugger. <laughs> he looks, he looks a right one. I can imagine that as soon as this um photograph was taken he was off like a shot he would have been all over the photographer he's looking at the photographer like seriously as soon as this photo's done i am all over you my man but lovely news 
and uh, good on Joel and hopefully having Pluto around is going to make you think is uh, is going to make life a lot better for you a lot easier for you uh, another thing that's been in the news dog news uh, this week is um uh, Alabama rot uh, it's been talked about by um uh, a few different experts, and there's been a few things on social media about it. Uh, the UK dog rescue charity Dogs Trust, they've been talking about it as well. So I thought we should get somebody on to talk about it. So I spoke to a guy, James Harris, who is a vet from White Cross Vets. And I started by asking him to tell us exactly what Alabama rot is. Alabama rot was um, a condition that was first diagnosed in the 1980s um, over in America, in Alabama, um, which only affected greyhounds. And then we didn't really hear any more of the condition. There was the odd case in Germany. And then about five years ago, um, vets started to notice this condition where typically uh, between one and seven days after a dog had been for a walk, typically when the dog had got muddy, um, the dog developed these unusual red swellings or sores or blisters, um, normally on the legs, but sometimes on the face or the tongue or the body. And then, unfortunately, a lot of these dogs then went on and developed kidney problems, which was very difficult to treat. Um, and so vets have looked at this and looked at the sort of equivalent diseases in, in people. And um, we still really don't understand it. What we find very strange is the fact that virtually all the cases, over 90%, occur in the winter and autumn months. Um, but uh, it's well, winter and spring months, I should say. And um, it, it's about this time of year that we stop seeing the cases. Um, and it's still relatively rare. I don't want people to panic, but it is something that there have really only been about 100 cases in the UK in the last few years that have been confirmed. So right. it is a rare condition. Yeah, but it, it, it does sound, it sounds serious. I mean, is, is, is it automatically oh. fatal or is it just something that will affect kidneys and, and cause problems that way? Yeah. Untreated, it is going to be absolutely fatal. Yes, right. um, and um, I mean, the, the, we don't know what causes it, but we do know what happens. And basically, um, in this condition, blood clots form in the in, in the blood vessels going to the skin and the kidneys, and 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 the areas of the kidney and the areas of the skin that are affected by this basically die. Um, and uh, we know that if if it is recognised early. And, and the vets get the treatment right, right from the very beginning, then we know we can probably say between one in three and, and, and a half of dogs with this condition. Right. But if they don't get treatment, unfortunately, it is, it is, it is really nasty. And it, I mean, that's still a very, very serious condition. Even if we can only save half, that's still, you know, really terrible. And so that's why people have asked the question, well, what can we do to try and prevent it? Yeah. Um, and that's a really good question. And the answer is we don't know for sure, but, the the current advice is if your pet um, has been out and got muddy, it's a really good idea to wash them down when they get back. Just with water's fine; doesn't have to be disinfectant or anything like that. In fact, we'd rather not disinfect them. Um, um, and I'd, I'd love to say that's 100% um, successful. We do know of dogs that have been washed down and still got the condition, but um, it seems a really sensible thing to do. And that's what I do with my own dog. I've got a Labrador as well. Um, and when he's been out for a long walk and he's got really muddy, um, he just gets straight away. As soon as I'm home, he gets he gets uh, hosed down, so he's, he's spotless. That's the thing with, with labs. They're, they're not allergic to mud, are they? They're not, uh, they don't oh, avoid no, it. Not at all. 
No, anything that's dirty, any, and, and the good news is, is that where I walk him, um, there's lots of rivers. So generally, if he gets muddy, he washes himself. He, yeah. he throws himself in the river at any opportunity. So um, it's not a major hassle for me to keep him clean. But uh, it, it, yeah, and it's really interesting. There are areas that get this much worse. So there have been cases pretty much all over the UK, um, but the the majority of the cases are are, are, are down south. Um, and also sort of the Manchester, uh, Liverpool area and, and some of Yorkshire have been, right. uh, been quite seriously affected. But the sort of West Midlands and where I'm based actually has been really not too many cases at all. And so basically it's looking out for the symptoms, looking out for these kind of red swellings. And yes. so that's going to be your first sign of, OK, something's yeah. wrong. And is it a case of don't hesitate? If you find them late at mm -hmm. night, go to the emergency vet, or it's all right, wait until the morning? Well, I mean, the problem is, is that the vast, vast majority of sores or swellings that you see on your dog's legs will be nothing to do with this whatsoever. Right. So um, I'm not going to advocate that every time you see a sore and you can't explain why it's there, you ring up the vets and it's a panic situation. And I, I really, I think that would be too much. Okay. But I think, I, I certainly would be ringing the vets and getting your, your pet to the vets the very next day. If you saw the pet, saw the saw a, a swelling at 11 o'clock, I would be definitely there, you know, at sort of in the morning the next day. Right. Um, I wouldn't be leaving this a few days. And typically what people do is they will say, oh, it's something there. I'll give it a few days to see what happens. Um, I wouldn't advise that either because those few days could make a difference. I'm not a few. I don't think a few hours would make a difference. Yeah. And one of the issues we have is is that unfortunately um, the kidney problems sometimes develop several days after the red swellings or the, the sores. And we haven't really got a great test for this condition. All we can diagnose is we basically are diagnosing this condition um, on the basis of there are these 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 lesions on the legs or the body um, and kidney disease. Right. Um, and uh, hopefully we will save uh, save the pet and then we won't get a definitive diagnosis because the only way we can actually prove it is 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 when things have gone horribly wrong. Yeah. So um, you know we we we'll try and avoid that at the, uh, you know at every cost. Absolutely. Um, so we often don't get a diagnosis, fortunately. Mm. Um, and and it, we just say, we are very much, it, it sounds a terrible thing to say, but we, we really are a little bit in the dark as to what it is. And, and there's been there's a, um, some, some vets down south at uh, Anderson Moore's uh, referral centre that have been doing some fantastic work. Uh, a chap called David Walker has been doing tremendous amount of work on this condition. And there's been other vets as well. Um, there's a, a lady that's been researching various rare bacteria that are, are normally found in fish. There's uh, other people looking at radiation. There's, there's lots and lots of people who are really interested in this, but we still, unfortunately, don't have an answer. Okay. Listen, James, I really appreciate you kind of coming on and, and talking to us about that. Uh, and no I, as I say, the, the, yeah, the, the big kind of positive out of this is it, it's, it, I mean, it's something you definitely look out for, but it's yeah. not exactly common. It's not like it's, you know, everyone's going to be touched by it, you know, over the winter and summer months, uh, the spring months. Absolutely not, no, no. And, and as I say, it... it it isn't something that most vets have seen a case yet um, and you know we see diseases every day that are you know we see every day that cause massive problems obesity diabetes uh, arthritis and those are day-to-day -day problems this is something that's got an awful lot of publicity 
and fingers crossed and crossing everything hopefully it remains a rare condition thanks so much to james for taking time out and speaking to us uh, about that I, I really don't think that's going to be the last we'll hear from the guys at white cross uh, they are very active on social media so you can find white cross vets on twitter and they have a facebook page as well they've got different um surgeries different practices right throughout the uk uh, so you can check them out there um on to your comments thank you so much i'm always so so pleased so touched that people get into genuinely uh with the podcast you can find us if you're listening for the first time well first of all where have you been uh, <laughs> what sorry what i mean was first of all welcome along uh but um you can find us on facebook uh, at the puppy podcast we are on twitter at puppy podcast or you can find us on Instagram at the Puppy Podcast, or you can always email us as well, the Puppy Podcast at gmail.com. I must thank Melissa, who came on the show last week to tell us about Kipper, uh, who is um, her new puppy. Uh, she's posted a couple of photos. We've posted uh, a couple of photos as well uh, through the uh, the social media, um, different platforms. And Melissa Kipper has gone down a storm. And there is, there's something so, uh, there's something so wonderful when other dog owners or other people compliment your dog, whether it's a picture, whether you're out walking with them, but if they go, oh, isn't he cute or oh, isn't he gorgeous? You do, you really kind of puff up with pride. Yes, yes, I have no doing in how cute this dog is. I had no doing in how beautiful he is, but yes, he is. And he's mine, which is lovely. But thank you very much. Melissa got in touch to tell us that she's uh, kind of spread the episode that she was on uh, on a couple of Facebook groups, uh, the Golden Doodles Rock and uh, Puppy Training and Advice as well. So if you have come over and if you've started listening from those Facebook groups, thank you so much. Welcome along. It's all about liking and sharing and getting involved with the podcast. Uh, one of the things I've been asking you this week is what's the story behind your dog's name? Because we asked Melissa, where did the name Kipper come from? And she just said it was her husband. He always wanted a dog, always wanted it to be called Kipper. So that's what we did. So what about you? Where did yours come from? Obviously, we've got Lincoln and Elvis. Lincoln came from the fact that my wife and I are, and we, this is something we have talked about in one of the, the earlier episodes of the podcast. Uh, we are big fans of American history, American politics, um, and Abraham Lincoln, of course, plays a huge part in both of those areas. Um, uh, and we, I think we, we I mean, we, I don't think we'd seen it recently before getting him or, but we saw the Daniel Day Lewis film Lincoln and that kind of cemented of, yeah, okay, we, that's, uh, you know, that, that is definitely the way we're going to go. So that's where Lincoln come from. And Elvis came from, we decided, because initially we were going to keep the presidential theme going and we were going to name the second dog Kennedy, um, or Franklin. And things like that. And nothing seemed to be right. It just didn't seem right. So, because we thought Franklin and Lincoln were a bit too similar and we didn't like Kennedy that much. It didn't seem to go. So, uh, we ended up with Elvis. So we went musical. Now, I'm a huge Prince fan. So it was going to be Prince or, uh, it was going to be uh, Joanne's choice of Elvis. 
And in the end, it was just easier to let her have Elvis. So, Elvis was the name. So, that's where we got our names from. What about you? Trisha said her dog's called Chester. Uh, Trisha, regular contributor to the uh, Puppy Podcast. Chester uh, is uh, because Trisha comes from Chester in the UK, which is lovely. Now, Trisha, I think I've mentioned this before. Um, you are the second or third person, I think, who listens, who, one, has a dog called Chester, and you're certainly the second person in Southern California who listens who has a dog called Chester. Uh, because there's um, Ian and Nick who've got a, a retriever, a rescue dog, and again, and he's called Chester as well. And again, that's because um, I think it's Ian is from near Chester. The world is that tiny. But Trisha says her husband believes that he's named after Chet Atkins. That you let him carry... You carry on letting him believe it, Trish. That's the best thing. Uh, Donna says our dog is called Murphy. Uh, we got him from the Dogs Trust. He was brought over from Ireland. Apparently a lot of the DT dogs are from there. Yeah, that's very true. Ireland has a terrible problem uh, with rescue dogs and with stray dogs. Um, he was a street dog, says Donna, and they named him Chaz, but it just didn't suit. We were going to call him Dave but Murphy suits him better, and it does. She's posted a picture of Murphy as well, and he absolutely suits the name Murphy. He looks he looks like a proper Murphy, uh, which is lovely. Thanks very much, Donna. Eileen got in touch uh, saying our dog uh, is called Theodore, and she says it became, because I was at the checkout at Walmart with my daughter, and the name just popped into my head. Out of nowhere, I immediately loved it. It's not one of the names I previously considered. Uh, we call him Theodore or Theo, but also Poopy Pants. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant, Eileen. <laughs> Poopy Pants, Budance and Budda, which is I think we must do something on alternative names as well because we have so many... I mean, Lincoln, obviously, we've had him for, you know, four years, effectively, and he is Lincoln, Linky, Pinky, Pinky Pants, the Pink Meister, Moon Doggy. Uh, I mean, there's so many names that we have for him. Obviously, when we're out walking him, we just use Lincoln. Let's keep the recall right. But yeah, yeah, when he's a Booba is another one I'm calling him. When I, I don't know where it's come from. Hello, Booba. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Elvis, at the moment, just has two, not three. Uh, he has Elvis, he has Smelvis, and an extended one really, Smelvis Gobblechops. And those, those are the, the dog, those are the names that we're going with at the moment. Oh, Eileen, thank you so much for that. Emily got in touch as well, said my dream to get a dog was a long time coming with my husband, who always said we'll never add our animals in the house. And I started feeling strongly about having a dog in January of this year, started the slight hints, the random information and pitching, sending text, picture text to his phone and eventually just right out begging. My husband really enjoys Sherlock Holmes and suggesting the name Watson before we even had our dog was part of my ploy in getting him to agree to one. Actually, I think it was his name that finally got my husband to say yes. You see, you'll get him in the end, Emily. You'll get him in the end. Uh, Carol says we had a Westie called Whiskey, so the next dog was called Brandy. Are you seeing the theme? I am, Carol. I'm guessing your next dog is going to be called Rum and Coke, no ice with a bag of crisps. I don't know. Is that? Are you going to continue with the theme? Um, Eileen, who we've just heard of with Theodore, she actually got in touch 
and said that she's been listening to the Puppy Podcast since the beginning, and this is episode 19 now. Uh, but Eileen said she's never introduced herself. She found the podcast while they were waiting for their new Westie puppy. And this is Theodore, uh, about a month younger than Elvis, who's about four months now. He's only their second ever dog and Eileen's second Westie. They couldn't be more in love. Their last dog, guess what their last dog's name was? Chester. Seriously? I can't believe it, because you don't think of it as being a really common name, Chester. But that's four Chester owners that I know of that listen to the podcast. It's incredible. Uh, But Eileen says that Chester was her best buddy, and they were devastated to lose him last February. Oh, Eileen, I'm so sorry. Um, She said he was 16 years old at the time, so he lived a good life. Uh, And she was talking about Elvis and the potty training issue that we've been having with him. Yeah, just getting him clean. Although we are in, I think we're three weeks in now of clean nights. He has learnt. He's got it. He's brilliant. Um, uh, Eileen said that tiny little Theodore has been sleeping all night since the third night we got him. All right, no need to brag. No need to rub it in. Uh, It's during the day that we're dealing with. It's not going too bad, but he does have an accident or two most days. He's absolutely the cutest, sweetest little boy, though. Oh, Eileen, thank you so much. I'm so glad you found Theodore after the the terrible times you must have gone through losing Chester. But uh, lovely to hear from you and lovely to know that you're there as well. Uh, Other comments you've been getting in touch about, I posted, I said it's been a difficult week with Elvis. And part of that was we've been trusting him a little bit more. If we go out, uh, normally what had been happening was if we were going out, even if I was just nipping to the shop for 10 minutes, I would crate him. Um, and then, and let, you know, just Lincoln wander around. But we just started trusting him a little bit more. And I thought, okay, I'm just nipping to the shop. So probably going to be about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. They're together. So they are a diversion. They'll distract one another. Let's see how, how they get on. And I posted a, uh, a video on Facebook and posted photographs uh, onto Instagram. Uh, on Instagram, we're at, at uh, the Puppy Podcast, and on Facebook, the Facebook page is the Puppy Podcast. And you can see the devastation that he wrought in the, the ten minutes that I was ten fifteen minutes that I was out uh, to a copy of uh, a magazine, uh, one of uh, Joe's magazines, my wife's magazines. So you've been commenting on that as well. Jane says Elvis is innocent. I really don't. I really don't think he is because in the video I question Lincoln and I question Elvis as to who made the mess. I think we knew exactly who'd made the mess. Uh, Lorraine says Paul Lincoln is saying it wasn't me, honest. And of course, in Lincoln's voice, he would be saying, oh, "No, it wasn't me." And Elvis would be saying, "I don't know what you're looking at me for, Governor. I didn't have anything to do with it." Uh, Lynn says we may never know, although I do tend to think it was a joint effort. I don't think it was. I I think it was all Elvis. Freckles, uh, of course, we had uh, Freckles owner Roz on the show a few weeks ago now, and she says, Pete, 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 we all know it's you who's the secret magazine ripper-upper. You know you've always wanted to be one of those strong men who could rip up the yellow pages, but we know you can only manage a copy of Hello. (laughs) That's what it is. It's me. I confess. It's me. It was me all along. Uh, Kim Davis says, oh, yeah, been there, and posted a picture of, again, magazine devastation in her place. Diane saying, Elvis is trying to throw you by being cute. 
Yeah, he does that a lot. And that's the, that is his saving grace on many occasions. Uh, Nadine says, oh, butter wouldn't melt. Uh, Stuart says, top work, boys. No, not top work, boys. I mean, this time it was one of Joe's magazines, but next time it could be something important. Like one of my magazines. And uh, Natalie Ann says, they're very proud of what they've done and they're not ratting on each other. Y- yes, exactly, that's what they're not doing. Um, thank you so much, as always, for your comments. You can get in touch about anything. Um, the shop front is always open for anything that we've talked about in the past, whether it's cleaning your dog's ears, toys for your dogs, whether or not they should sleep in your bed, the story behind their names, anything, any disasters you've walked into of destruction that the dogs have wrought on your house we'll have those stories please on facebook uh, at the puppy podcast page on instagram at the puppy podcast on twitter at puppy podcast or on email the puppy podcast at gmail.com um so elvis's training is going quite well we're whipping through hot dog sausages because they're what we're using to train, not whole ones, little tiny bits of ones about the size of my, you know, my, my little finger nail. So he's doing, his recall's getting much better now. Uh, he's sitting, even though it's quite a lazy, lopsided kind of sit that he's doing. He's doing down. We've kind of almost got giving poor as well. We're struggling with walking on the lead. He's still a bit kind of mad about that we need and i think we really need to drill down on that the next training session is going to be this coming wednesday evening i will keep you up to date what i'm going to try and do is just get a quick word with the trainer at the end of the session so she can give a bit of summing up for elvis and i'll play that on the next podcast um things that elvis has eaten (laughs) my coaster uh which i've had a, a special coaster by where i sit in the living room which has gone uh, and I'm only presuming he's eating it because I can't find it anywhere. Um, garden lights is uh, he's gone to, and yet again, and we've really struggled with this, is his own mess. Now, I've mentioned this in the past about the fact that Elvis eats his own mess, and it's almost immediate. I mean, he will he, he will, and then just turn around and oh yeah, go on, I'll have some of this then. Um, and he's he's done it a few times. And you know when he's done it, because and you can smell it straight away. So we, what we tend to do is get some baby wipes and wipe his face, wipe his mouth, um, because he does. He's quite lovable and wants to come up and you know and kiss you and lick you and stuff like that. And you can't be doing that knowing the last thing he's been kissing and licking. But he came in the other day and there was a new, a new twist to it, because clearly, the mess that he'd eaten didn't didn't really agree with him. So. Um, he ended up being sick all all over my mother-in-law's shoes. <laughs> now, now <this. laughs> I really shouldn't laugh at that. Now, they, 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 if it was just normal dog being sick, okay, that. But of course, he basically brought up just what he'd eaten, and it was his own mess. So, it just the scene of. <laughs> just chaos when he did it because a split second after it happened the smell hits you and this was inside on carpet oh yes so there was a good deal uh, my wife joe couldn't even go near it any because any anything that smells really bad she really struggles with so she couldn't even go in so i was on my hands and knees i cleared it all up 
we've been kind of bleaching and vanishing and carpet washing the, this section of carpet all week. And it's got to that point now you can't tell if you can still smell it because you can smell it or because the inside of your nose is scarred in some way <laughs> from, from the smell. So it's, it, that's why it's been a trying week. And the other thing is it's trying to stop him doing it. And there's various things we've, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast and we've looked into it. And, you know, there's theories that, oh, he's cleaning up because he sees you cleaning his mess up. So he's trying to help you. Uh, there's some thinking that it's a, a vitamin deficiency in some way. There's something missing from his diet. And I've spoke to the vet about that. And he said, well, no, it's unlikely because of the food that we're giving him. Um, so we found a chew online that uh, when you give it, we'll give it to Elvis and what it will do, it will make his mess taste bitter and he won't want to do it anymore. I only have one question. How do they know? How do they know it makes it taste bitter? Was it some kind of, was Jeff late to the office that day and he pulled the short straw and it's like, listen, we've got to field test these chews now. So, uh I'm sorry, mate. You were late in. You didn't. You we've divvied out all the work, and this is your job now. You're going to see whether or not it does actually. I can't believe. How do they know? It's not stopped us buying them. I'm just curious. So that is the week that we have had. Um, I'd love to know more about because we were talking about alternative names for your dogs as well. Because we have um, Smelvis Gobblechops is our uh, alternative name. <laughs> is our alternative name for Elvis. Uh, I'd love to know your alternative names as well. You can get in touch with the podcast on Facebook at the Puppy Podcast page, on Twitter at Puppy Podcast, on Instagram at the Puppy Podcast, or email thepuppypodcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, please do that. If you do do that, please if you've liked what we do, and all, what, all I'm trying to do with this is just kind of create a community of people who will help each other out and tell each other funny stories, it's because we all can't get together at a coffee shop, so that's what we're doing here, is we're just talking and sharing thoughts, memories, experiences, passing on advice about these little furry babies of ours. Um, so if you're enjoying it, please leave a review on I, uh, on iTunes as well. That really means a lot as well. And if you if you want to leave a five star review, then I'm I'm not going to stop you. Um, it really means a lot that you are listening, that you are uh, clicking on the links, that you are sharing and getting involved. If you get the chance, tell one friend about the Puppy Podcast and get them to listen uh, to just. Just get them to listen to the next episode. It really would mean a lot. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening this week. This has been a Monkey Pants production, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>